You're listening to the Optimal State Podcast. Here we go. Hive Mind Detonation in three, two, one. Let's go. Confronting the lies and bringing the truth to light. The, truth. the mainstream. You can't handle the truth. Has been put on notice. This is the Optimal State Podcast. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Optimal State Podcast. Very happy to be with you all again. My name is Jared. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm very happy to be with my main man, the guy who's been with me since episode one, the man of men. He is Adam Wyatt. How's it going, dude? Not too bad. How you doing? I'm all right, man. I mean, it's it's been a pretty wild week, it feels like. I don't know. Weird energy in the air. I always feel kind of in the spring, like right before uh, things really come to life, there's kind of this like staticky period, you know, like it's it's almost like not cold, but not warm. You know, if, if you're in the Northeast, I feel like people kind of know what we're talking about. You know, it's very just kind of gray and muddy. Um, we're in that time of year and I feel like this is that transition time and you, you see it in the news. And I I feel like that's kind of what they're, what they're putting out there. They're priming us for a transition. They're priming us to, it seems to get ready for some action. And I guess for context, I mean, if you, if you guys have been listening to the optimal state up until this point, I think you guys kind of get where we're at in terms of our, our stance we're we're kind of outside the the overton window so to speak we're outside the uh you know the i guess the polite spectrum of discourse we're we're a little outside that we're definitely more towards the conservative side i would say but we're we're outside of that i mean we're we're not we we call everybody out for for what they are because i think that's that's our main stance so um i guess that being said Oh dang! Where was it going with that? I feel like I really had a good one there. Anyway, I, I was gonna like probably go on one, but dude, what are, what are we kind of talking about here? What what's what's been going on this week? I think we we got Trump finally indicted, which we were talking about like two episodes ago. Um, you know, this seems like a big deal. We have that uh, the shooter, the trans shooter, shooting up the the elementary school. We still have like the after effects of that. Um, I mean, what's going on, dude? Like, what's kind of your take on things? Well, I think it's typical uh, media trying to anger people and divide people. I mean, that's like their their go-to all the time is just, oh, look at this person. Look at their identity. Look what they've done. Look what they've done to these people and look what they're doing to your children. And look, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you know, obviously some of it's not accurate, but I think at the same time, there's, uh, it's narrative driven about division because that's their one go-to every time uh, you turn on the news. It's just about how one group is screwing over another group. And it, that's like the news 24 seven. So you, you can't really, you got to take it at face value. You can't really um, expect anything other than that from the media. But it does seem like there is a group that is on the side of the media. I mean, there is a side of people that we know in our lives that we 
we grew up with that we are, you know, again, we're in the Northeast. We're surrounded by these people all around us. Uh, these are the liberal Democrat types. I mean, these are the people who w I would say affiliate themselves with, uh, you know, this sort of system, this kind of this kind of media industrial complex, so to speak. You know, even well, maybe they would not be like, oh, I don't watch Fox News, but like everything else, pretty much, I would say like eighty percent of the media industrial complex belongs to them. And the other stuff, you know, is again, we go back to the Overton window, the, the, the con, uh, you know, what the acceptable discourse, you know, there is just the, there's the binary, right. Which is what you were saying is like, what is the acceptable distraction? Right. Because, you know, these people need their, they need to feed their ego. They need to feed their, their political position or what they think is their position, but then they also need to see the, the enemy. Although I will say, dude, I think, I think, you know, Tucker weirdly brings out some, it's like, it's based in the context of the past, like five to 10 years. I mean, he seems to like really be pushing the needle on the discourse in the, in, in for someone who's in like the mainstream, I find, I find that it's, you know, he's starting to touch on some like actual Alex Jones stuff, stuff that a year or two ago, people would have been freaking out. I mean, he calls out in, in the mainstream, like, what is he? Eight o'clock time slot or nine o'clock time slot. I mean, he's calling, he was like one of the eight o'clock. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's one of the first people calling out the, you know, the COVID stuff, the COVID madness. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I think that he definitely, uh, and, and that's his user base. I think that, um, I, I think that he has good writers and he, he knows what kind of issues to latch on, uh, latch on to. Um, I, I also kind of think that it, it's just not by coincidence that every time you turn on a channel, there's just like, division amongst like uh the channels itself and what they're promoting and the news i'm meeting and uh you know it's just like fox news is very conservative obviously and they kind of um they bring up these issues and then you turn on cnn and it's like the exact opposite just in the other direction so um it, it's very polarized you know, it's very hard to find um any type of news that is um on uh that is not biased to some degree and you know i, I did i know tucker is decent um I, I remember a few years ago during the war well not the war but the um syrian invasion you know he was very against that when everybody was you know all the conservatives democrats they were for it. he was like one person kind of saying like you know i don't think this is a good idea so there are things that he has kind of gone against the grain, and he was a Ron Paul supporter back. He 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 did have like libertarian principles um, back. Like there's a video of him in 2008 supporting Ron Paul. So he does have a libertarian uh, uh, a libertarian uh, mindset. But um, yeah, I, I'm just so I I just think media is just so phony. It's just so hard for me to trust anything they're saying because they are liars and they are manipulators and they are. Um, you know they they're they are grifters. You know they're always they're always trying to get people to uh, latch onto what they say and, and stir the pot and get them angry. 
and there should be things that you get angry about. Don't get me wrong. Um, there are things that need to be addressed, but um, it's all division based. And uh, you're right. There is media that is kind of um, on the side of certain groups and certain people. Uh, but that is just to stir anger. I mean, you never hear about, you know, people coming together to make the world a better place. It's always everyone's trying to kill each other based on race, color, ethnicity, uh, you know, gender, whatever. And, uh, you know, I just get so sick of hearing it. And it's not good to, it's really not good to take in. It's so negative all the time. But I think that if you view it with a, a pretty, from a, th from a third party standpoint and just look at it and know what, what kind of information that you are receiving and look at it in a pragmatic way, uh, I think that you realize what the truth really is. And 99% of it to me is false or it's just narrative driven. Yeah, totally. I would imagine that the amount of news that you and I consume is probably not a good amount for the for most people to consume, you know, because like you said, it's a lot of negative stuff and it's how they project it. They really want you to come away with things. So you have to go in just with a real critical empirical mindset, like, you know, know how you're going to break that down and put it back together, you know, and what the you know, it's it's a very it's a pro procedural sort of endeavor we we undergo when we i think when we approach the news and i think man i envy my brother because he like kind of gets it in like a very i think like you know most people would get it the normal like i would say 50 60 percent of americans get their news just like you know you see like a cover of a newspaper most of the time you catch like five to ten minutes on facebook tv or tiktok or wherever you know of whatever the popular news story is but then he speaks to me and he'll get like some five to ten minutes of just like unfiltered direct downloaded knowledge like and he's just like whoa and I, i'm sure a lot of the time he's just like that shit is insane i don't even want to entertain that but enough of that and he said like you know the neurons start connecting and that's how I think a lot of people are starting to really be like, whoa, wait a second. And why I think Tucker Carlson can be in a place that he is right now. I mean, he's got to have like some real smart guys like working there who are like understanding the pulse of how things are moving, because it's really interesting, like how you see some things going. I mean, the I would even say the trans attack on a christian school it's like it's like scripted almost like it could it be more scripted because of how it's like like these are like the 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 sensitive points and that's like what i kind of touched on at the at the top of the the episode i was like you know it seems like um there's a lot of in this static time in this transition time it seems like there's specific things that are being like presented you know and it's like here you go like here's your next thing to like you want this or do you want that or do you want this like whatever you want like just jump on it please we want you because i i think one last thing i'll just say real quick is just that i think they want some chaos to erupt because then they could blame it on the trump maga people whatever you want to call like conservative republican uh, just people annoyed by the drag 
between story time hour and and all of that stuff. People who've just had enough and something goes off, and then they're like, "Up, oh, see, 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 we uh, we told you they're they're the reason." Just like and they'll have another January sixth on their hands, you know, something to milk for like two to three years. Well, it's they're kind of regurgitating everything from the eighties, you know. Um, I remember with like the AIDS epidemic and stuff like that. Who did they blame? They blamed the uh, you know basically you know the gay people you know and uh people were scared generally scared of gay people because of aids so they're regurgitating the same and we brought this up previously in a a few episodes ago they they're regurgitating the same narrative because they know it works virus blaming gays and that's exactly i'm not saying that you know what i'm indifferent you know i don't have any viewpoints on um you know people's personal identity and stuff like that i mean uh i'm more of a person that like if they keep it to themselves that's cool you know i don't think it should be promoted and thrown in people's faces but you know that's kind of my viewpoint uh you know i'm more of a live and let live but i do think that they are kind of you know um trying to anger people towards a certain group and vice versa um to create chaos because that's what they thrive on because out of chaos um they can you know put their new order in you know what are they what's the government's saying uh never let a uh never let a good crisis go to waste yeah and it was rama exactly Manuel's, uh you know his motto it was the words yeah, he lived yeah. by under the obama yeah. administration yeah totally and uh so it's just interesting how they're just cycling this crap that they've already they know is successful with and now they have like every propaganda um they they have every way to propagandize it through uh, the media and through our phones and uh, they know they can reach everybody. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I just think that it's just fear driven, and that's what that's how governments survive is fear. Uh, that's how you know a tyrannical forces survive is fear. But and, at a certain point, at a certain point, you poke the bear enough, like you know, the bear will bite you back, and it's like. They got to know at a certain point they're like enough is going to be enough. Right. I mean, that's seems to be what the history tells us is like, you know, they, they push and push and push until they can't push no more. And maybe that's, I really do think that's ultimately the game plan is they, they know that's the inevitable result and they're not even trying to alter that. I think they have some people that they know are going to be holding the bag as the whole shit house goes up in flames, as Jim Morrison once said, and I think they're going to, uh, you know, the people who truly like run the show are like bailing out. You know, I, I, you've brought it up before. You know, they go to their bunkers. They they or they have their, they have their plots of lands. I mean, they have their thousands of acres, right? That they've been buying up. I mean, we have Bill Gates. Uh, What's his name? Ted Turner, right? He's another huge landowner. Um, they just have like thousands of acres of farmland um, all throughout the United States. I mean, if you look through upstate New York and you look at it, because it's not just private landowners. I mean, that's where they want the they want to throw your attention there. If you go to the, like upstate New York, look at all the state parks. Look how much, uh, look how much the state and the county. Um, and cities even, I know the city of New York owns land all through New York and they say to preserve the watershed. I mean, that is, I guess, ultimately what they're doing, but what they're really doing is they're suppressing development. So you have this like real 
oppressive state in uh, that area, and, and they're just scooping up land left and right. But, yeah. um, you know, I think they just full well know. Yeah, yeah. And they very they, – they definitely pull the wool over everybody's eyes in regards to that. Um, you know, because the state has ultimate say, and we've allowed that to happen. You know, and they, they control the media. They control politicians. You know, they, they control uh, entertainment. Uh, every you know everything has been nothing sacred anymore. Everything's perverted, um, and that's not even like sexually. I'm saying like every everything that we do has been perverted to some degree. I mean, <clears throat> sports have changed immensely. I mean, you do a basketball game, they're scoring 160, 170 points now. It's like, dude, fucking like, who wants to watch that? You know, like back in like the 90s, games were like. 75 yeah i was gonna say 90 would be like a good game 100 like 101 103 you're like what the oh my god they're just sinking threes the whole time yeah yeah and and it's just uh in football they made it easier for um you know the offense so my point is like nothing sacred they just make everything about money because that's what sports is especially with sports betting in new york i mean i went to uh, buffalo wild wings yesterday and you can tell that most of the guys in there were sports betting. And I've watched sports my entire life. I've never, I've never bet on any sports game my entire life. <clears throat> I did, a, I did a box or two, but that's like you know for five bucks. But and I didn't even get a good number. So, <clears throat> but, uh, but like I said, nothing, nothing is what it used to be. And even movies, um, music. It's just it's just getting to the point where it's just there's just so much nonsense out there that they know people are gonna gobble up. I mean, how many Marvel movies are you gonna make? How many Takens have there been? <laughs> like six, seven. I mean, how many times is Liam Neeson gonna lose a family member and he's gonna go save them? I mean, like sounds like a pretty bad father to me. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's just ridiculous in the world that we're living in. People just don't just don't see it. I mean, maybe they do, and maybe they just don't care. Uh, you know, you bring these issues up to most people and it's like, you know, you brought up your brother. It's like they don't want to think about these things. They don't want to have to um, reflect on the problems and the issues regarding society because, I mean, things are so hard for us already. You know, so to think to take on the world's problems and to be world conscious is, is very difficult because you're taking on a lot. And as we said, like neg- there's a lot of negativity out there. But as long as you take negativity and you have, you know, a good outlet to release that negativity. I think that's important, you know, because you're taking in the, that negative energy and you need, to, you need an important way to release that, you know, whether it be through music or, you know, you may be going on a hike or whatever it is, just being one with those around you. And, you know, like I said, whether it's music or nature or whatever it is, I, I think that's important uh, because, yeah, you can be consumed by this. And, you know, we we don't need to take on the world. So again, problems as it is, but I think it's important to be world conscious yeah, man. No, that's good, dude. I think that's something I like to hear coming from you because I don't often like I'm always like dwelling on like problems and it's it's good to, you know, check it a lot of the times and be like, OK, wait a hold up, you know, um, you know, let's try to do this. Let's try to be cool and like let's be good to each other, et cetera. Uh, that's all good stuff. I definitely agree. However, one thing I did just, and, and actually I, I think we should even expand on that in a second and we should, 
uh, do do more of that sort of talk. But one thing I did just want to touch on was just like uh, in terms of the state, um, you know, we, we call ourselves the optimal state podcast, right? So I guess the ultimate question really is what is the optimal state? If we're talking about the state right now, we're, we're talking about what is because we're, we're, we're questioning everything. We're saying like, what is, because the st- uh, that's ultimately what, you know, again, my brother, the reason he can't see an alternative is because the state has really just, you know, for lack of a better word, indoctrinated or, or brainwashed. You know, I don't know if either of those are better than the other. They're both so loaded, you know, and I think that's why people are just like, they check out real quick when you start talking about this stuff. But really... The f- people can't imagine an alternative to this giant grotesque state that just touches in every area of your life. Like they just can't imagine it. They can't imagine a state that stops at like the border and then it becomes another state with its own rules and its own people and its own culture. They can't imagine that. Like the people that you and I know in this country, you go from coast to coast. Actually, you go even more than that. Because it's the dollar empire, right? And that's like anywhere you go, Americans or people who are part of this sort of like dollar uh, centered, like consumer culture, like everything is like cheap materialism, like, you know what, I don't need to like get that into it. We all we all understand what that is, like the typical Western culture exemplified by the dollar, which is like completely falling apart right now. But these people just can't imagine an alternative to the dollar empire, which just touches on everything. But that is what is like falling apart around our eyes. So again, it's just like, what is the optimal state? What I would say is, I mean, I could, I could give my own personal answer and I would love to, I'd love to expand in my own personal vision of what the optimal state is. And we have lots of time to talk about that. But I think really what it comes down to is, not a giant grotesque monstrosity. What the optimal state should be is what the people in that area, that community, however big it is, ideally one where people know the needs of their neighbors, you know, uh, whatever that size is. And I know that's kind of arbitrary. I guess we're talking like somewhere in like the under hundred thousand. No, that's, that's not a good number. We'll, we'll come back to that, but Anyway, the some arbitrary number, but we're going to say it's like where you can understand the needs of your culture and community that that would be this. uh, They could self-actualize their optimal state. So if they want to do a monarchy, they want to do a they want to do some sort of like socialist communist utopia in their eyes where like, you know, they have that. What's his name? Jacques Fresco, like uh earth houses and like the you know if they want all that stuff super cool you know but like however people want to actualize themselves because then you'll get ultimate creativity you get like humans expressing themselves and what works the best will be replicated and iterated what doesn't work will die out and i mean i think that is what has worked well throughout history and then you get these empires that grow like cancers and what usually happens is uh the earth kills it off like a like a cancer so anyway that's kind of what i was thinking in terms of the optimal state i really wanted to just touch on that because that's you know what we did decide to call this podcast so uh what do you think dude i mean what, what would be your take on that 
Well, I think that's the ultimate question. I, I think that we as people have always been in search for the perfect type of ruling system uh, that, you know, and obviously the, the ruling system that has in the past has been mostly, you know, tyrannical or uh, monarchy or, um, you know, some sort of communist, socialist um, government. Uh, America was like, and that, that's the beauty of America. It was founded on uh, the principles of freedom and liberty. And it was like, it's like the real first ex, um, experiment with that. And uh, it's, and as I was saying before, uh, it's being perverted by, um, and subverted by um, what I believe are the people that are working on the inside. Um, because that's the way that nations crumble. It's, it's usually not because of like massive wars. It's because the, the politicians and people running things uh, are compromised. Uh, to me, uh, an optimal state would, is like an optimal state of being consciousness. It's um, people that live for each other, not for themselves. People who are mindful, not mindless. People that are, are um, humble, and they. Um, and how do you get these people all together and want to work together? Because we're so distracted, and that that's the thing. And what the government is best at is killing the human spirit, and that's how they gain control. They do it through war. They do it through propaganda, and that's and that's their ultimate goal: is to kill your spirit, to take you away from yourself and from others, and that connection that you have with other people. I think that we would be better off if we would just disconnect and unplug from the things that are holding us back from connecting. But we live in a very materialistic materialistic society that is driven by money and greed. And as Americans, we, our entire life has been, life has been indoctrinated to live that life. You just look at other cultures. I mean, it's okay for families to live together their whole lives. Here, if you do it, you know, you're a bum. And that's the sentiment of America. And if we've been so disconnected from our families and our friends and uh, society itself, especially in the past few years with whole COVID lockdowns. What did that do? I mean, that was killing the human spirit. People couldn't even walk out of their house and not be harassed if they weren't doing something that someone else believed that they should be doing, but couldn't prove that it worked. Uh, whether that's masks or vaccines or whatever it is. I mean, uh, rather than being good to each other, people choose to be hateful because of fear. And that's the only reason why people would be hateful of other people is through fear. Because if people just knew and understand themselves, they would understand others. And I think that until you come to that understanding of yourself, you will never be able to treat others with that same understanding. And I, I think that we need like a kind of, and this is so ideological, um, but I think that we need kind of like a, a world conscious changing of the mind and heart type thing. And it sounds corny and cliche, but that's the only way that we're going to be able to move forward because we're on the downslope and we are on the way down. That is for damn sure. And anybody that tells you different that we're on the road to prosperity, as I've said in other podcasts, they're either lying, they're blind, or they're choosing not to see.
Yeah, I mean, I just don't think there will be some sort of world awakening. I don't see how that could possibly even because that's what they that would I would I would question that immediately, and I wouldn't I probably would not jump on that bandwagon because I'd be like, how is everybody jumping into this? That that's like the vision of the technocracy of the globalists, right? I mean, I I know what you're saying. I'm not I'm not like I'm not like like challenging it like that, but I think in any sort of way where everybody were to come together like that, that is kind of like the, the one world government kind of vision, right? One world community. So yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying more in a, in, in a decentralized way where, you know what I mean? Not in a way that is proper, you know, where propaganda is ruling and everybody, um, you know, let's, and that's the conspiracy behind the alien invasion. They, so the government wants to fake. And I'm not saying that this is like legitimate, but like the, the whole, principle behind that idea is that you know they fake an alien invasion the whole world comes together and they usher into one world religion and uh that's not what i'm talking about with, with the human consciousness i just think that when it comes to how we treat our each other and the compassion that we have for one another um that that is more what I'm, I'm saying not like you know you know cnn's promoting love and peace you know what i mean like that would never happen but you know I, that's just my take on it Yeah, totally. I was thinking about, like, we were talking earlier before we started the call about how rings of understanding kind of radiate out and and overlap each other, and they exist like they they exist like concentric rings, one inside the other, and each one is kind of like you know the outermost are no less they're in the darker more darker realm than those in the inner realm right i know i'm speaking kind of abstractly here but ultimately what we're talking about is like you know there are inner circles right that term inner circle of knowledge and there are multiple different circles that actually overlap each other as you go deeper inside so what am i talking about here we're, we're going to go back to what we were talking about with Trump, right? And the indictment. And two episodes ago, it was I titled uh, the coming Trump arrest, something along those lines, and how uh, there's going to be a Judas goat for the collapse, right? And who they're going to try to pin a lot of this on. And, uh, you know, Trump and people around him, any Republicans, anybody that's, I guess, because Trump has a very wide orbit, right? Trump, he touches on a lot of people and he's a very like, you know, you either love him or you hate him. It's it's very hard to be like ambivalent in the, in the Trump circus. So, yeah, I'm just wondering, um, ultimately, you know, it's like we see what's happening and I just, I'm of the opinion that, he doesn't know as much of what's going on and he's like not fully in involved in what's happening. I mean, he's involved obviously, but he's not like running it. But I think you were saying that you think he may be more aware, right? Am I, am I, am I pretty spot on with that? Yeah. Well, I, it just helps him at the end of the day. Um, it's, I know negative publicity is good publicity, but I, 
I think that it enrages people, just like we were saying before. And people who eat that nonsense up all day, all day they'll eat that up, both sides. You know, and it just creates more division. Uh, and that's me with Trump's role as president, um, you know, because I believe that uh, presidents are selected, they're not elected. And I think his role was to kind of uh, be this larger than this life figure that creates these this polarized um, way of thinking of, oh, you're either this or you're that. Because that's the society we're living in now. Everything's, you're either this or you're that. You can't, like, I, if I say I hate Trump, oh, you like Biden. No, I don't like either of them. Why can't I hate both? Well, you gotta, be, you know, yeah. You know, and then the whole thing with doing COVID, oh, you don't, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to wear a mask. You must be a Trump supporter. They, they, you know, they just group you in with these people. And it, it's, it's more annoying than anything because it, it's hard for people to understand that you're not on either side because both sides, it's like, it's like the Freemasons and why they love the chessboard that represents them is because they control both sides. And they control they control both sides of the wars they control the opposition they control um they control everything you know and, and look at iraq and syria you can't tell me that isis didn't have some sort of connection with governments um like a, with a government like ours um they were literally built on uh, after the invasion that we created and you can't tell me that we don't have something to do with that so I, I think that the way our government operates is they control both sides. They control Biden, they control Trump, and it's a big show. And um, it's there, and the whole thing's just for division purposes. And that, that's the way I look at it. I, I think that it, even if Trump's not 100% in on it, uh, he knows that it helps him, and it just gives him a, a bigger platform, and it just angers people on both sides. And... Um, it's, it's unfortunate that we've come to a society where you can't even have your own belief system without being grouped in with idiots because they're all idiots to me, all those politicians. Um, well, you have to disengage from the what you're being like, the 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 system of like giving authority to man. It has to stop there because that's ultimately what everybody is stuck in. And that is the illusion. And that's why people can't imagine a system outside of this giant grotesque state, this this empire state that touches on everything. People can't imagine it because they defer all authority to it. And God is a joke. The idea of a creator force that is greater than the state has been made a joke by the state. That's how effective they've been. Like people literally are surrounded by a the, the stability of existence second by second. Moment by moment, they are, they're breathing, you know, the, the air around them is, is staying air is not turning in the fire. You know, it's like, it's remarkable. It really is a miracle, like second to second that people are able to experience this. And yet they have been taught that God or the creator force, whatever, however you want to refer to it is a joke. And that has ultimately been our undoing. And I think that if, that were to be addressed. And I do think that requires taking a side in a way, not taking a side that's been prescribed to us, but it requires taking a side 
of what is like this sort of way that is supposed to be done? Like, what is the way that is being presented to me that has been done? Like, what is the timeless knowledge? What is the wisdom of existence? Where is it? How do I, how do I tap into this? And it can't be something that you just create in your mind and, and is comfortable. It can't be just something that accommodates you. That's why it, it pays to seek out the true ancient knowledge. That's why, you know, people scoff at the Bible. That's like, that's about, I mean, what is it? I think it's like 16,000 years of, they say it could be that, that much like human knowledge there, like that much, that much history. That's crazy. That's like, so that's a, am I, th- am I doing that right? I'm trying to think the, the math. It can't be that long. Wait, 60. It might actually be though. Because I mean, we're talking like Genesis, pre-flood, and I think the flood they say is sometime around like eleven thousand BC thereabouts. So anyway, I'm just saying that there there needs to be some like deference to a higher authority than the state. And then you know, I mean, you touched on kind of what your more personal understanding of the optimal state would be. If I'm looking at it from like a government perspective, I would look at it like. You need to have a representative of that higher power as the central authority. And that's why I think actually a monarchy would work. And I think that's some sort of line of secession that is some sort of inherited position that is in tune with a higher power. And then that is like, that is the bridge between humanity and the higher realm. And I think that that's ultimately how a lot of like, you know, human systems work. It's all based on hierarchy. So why not? Like, you shouldn't just stop at the state, I guess is ultimately my point. But anyway, uh, I think we're going to go to break real quick. Uh, Guys, if you haven't already, follow us at the at Optimal State Pod on Twitter or uh, on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about some uh, some fun stuff happening world today. We'll see you on the other side, guys. I got a girl and she's dead too. I drove a car off the fumes of our youth. I took a chance, well, I took two. I was a boy who died for you. I was a boy who died for you.
dead too I've got a girl and she's dead too I've got a girl and she's dead too I've got a girl and she's dead I've got a girl and she's dead too I drove a car off the fumes of my youth I took a chance, well I took two I was a boy What's up, everybody? This is Adam from the Oddball State Podcast. Uh, so we're done with the break, and we're going to get back into some of the things that you brought up before uh, regarding the media and uh, the Trump thing, because I, I did kind of want to put some context to where I believe the, um, the end-all, be-all with this is. And it's pretty simple. Um, I think um, in regards to the Trump situation, I think that um, it's going to end up in his favor. He's going to be the Republican nominee. And uh, it's that simple. Um, I, I don't think it's DeSantis' time. And the funniest part about that, that I said that, um, was Fox News had a Trump commercial. Uh, it wasn't a Trump commercial. It was a commercial with DeSantis. And it was saying that he's. it's not his time to be president. He's not ready. And to me... That's kind of like saying, well, he's not going to be the president this time, but maybe in the future he might. And I, I was kind of, of of that understanding, just the way things are going, that um, that it's probably not DeSantis' time uh, to be president. He is skull and bones. Well, I'm not going to say that. I don't know that, but he is Yale Harvard. Um, he is like a government spook. Uh, I don't know if you saw that interview with uh, DeSantis and Pierce Morgan, I, I watched it. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, and it was, it was okay. Uh, I, I do some of his uh, ideas. Um, he is kind of a hardliner, and he is backed by the bushes. So you got to be weary of him. Uh, but the point of it all being is that whatever result they want, they're going to get. And who is they? That is always the, the, the question of this of today's world. Who are the people behind the curtains that are wheeling and dealing and have control over these politicians? And uh, I actually uh, read a quote um, from a judge saying that, like, I, I don't know if it was a judge. I, I read a quote saying that the people that control the money aren't even like they don't even have to answer the government's questions basically they're not the these politicians and these people that are in government they're not really uh they're they're not in those conversations about how much money to print uh and where where this money is going that's all outside of their knowledge so it's like the politicians are the role players the, the people behind the scenes are the ones that are controlling everything. And 
you can't tell me that Biden's running everything. There's just no way. I mean, the, the guy is brain dead. And he, he looks like a freaking robot. He doesn't even look like a real person. You know, and I, I'm not saying he's a robot, but he, there's just, you know, it's just sad. Unless that's all a show. I'm starting to wonder if that's all a show. The yeah, Biden yeah. senile act, because it's like, you know, it, it would be the perfect ruse to get away with it all. Like, oh, oops, I... I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just uh, like, that's what old people try to do when they, when they steal stuff from places, you always see it. Like there are videos of them getting caught and they're like, Oh, I, I met, I forgot. I meant to pay for it. You're like, what? No, you didn't. We caught you. Like your, your whole purse is full of salt shakers. What are you talking about? Lady, you, you forgot to pay for 30 salt shakers. Like put them back. And, uh, Anyway, that's uh, I was just yeah. Oh yeah, that is a Seinfeld episode. That's right. You're right. There is. Oh um, man, always. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Uncle Leo was stealing batteries. That's right. And they were like, they didn't. I'm trying to remember. They were like, they didn't. First, they didn't believe him. Like that old man. Like yeah. Something like that. But yeah, I think that could be. I'm just an old man. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of it could be the play. I mean, it makes sense. How else do you explain like how long it's been going on? I mean, it just seems like I it just and it also seems like it would tie into what they're trying to do, which is the controlled collapse before our eyes. And they're just like, How long can we extend it? Well, if we just put a guy before them who they'll get mad at, but they'll be like, Oh, well, he's just old and stupid. Because there's a big difference between old and stupid and being deliberately malicious and like intentionally destructive, which is ultimately what they're doing. Yeah, I mean they they're full well know that they are destroying the dollar. How could they not? I'm like I'm just an idiot. I'm I was telling this to my friend who you know who got a, a degree. His major was. Uh, he got like two majors, like business and economics. And I'm like, I'm like some idiot musician living in a studio apartment in New York City trying to tell him you can't just print like trillions of dollars without there being an issue with like the supply of the money and the value of it. You're going to debase the value of the the dollars that are in existence. And that's exactly what we're, we're starting to see now. I mean, right? Or, or am I... Um, well, you know, you it, know. It, that reminds me of the old FDR quote: um, "Nothing in politics happens by accident, and if it does, you better believe it. Plan it was planned that way." And that's exactly how I look at this. I mean, it's like you said: how could Pete guys like me and you yeah. that have no knuckleheads, right? Education when it comes to macroeconomics, but you, you just know that, like, that's why dirt doesn't have value. Dirt doesn't have value because it's everywhere. You step out of the house, you step on it, you know, so it doesn't have value. The only things that have any type of value is the, the scarcity and rarity of that commodity of which, you, or, or whatever it is that, you know, art's a commodity, I, I, I assume, and, you know, whatever it is, you know, um, but it's uh, it's just very strange that these people who are supposed to be brilliant they come from ivy league schools and they have all these credentials and they fuck up everything so badly and uh it's 
it's I mean, there's no excuse for it, but that just shows you that it's planned. It's a controlled collapse. It's a controlled um it's a controlled collapse of it's gonna be a controlled collapse of everything eventually. Uh, our way of life, uh, where we pretty much reach the point of no return of uh, our consumerism and our materialism and how much that, because um, we just export dollars, really. That's like the, our biggest export or like US dollars. Uh, we, don't, we don't really do anything. And it's coming to an end where we get to kind of be like that, you know, America is to me like the person in school that everybody hates because he's got a lot of money and acts like a dick and he bullies everybody and steals from them. And that's been America for the past hundred years, at least since, you know, the end of World War One. And yeah, you know, well, we dug our own graves. And uh, the people from the generations before us are kind of responsible for putting us in this situation. Uh, they would never, they would deny that. Uh, I can only imagine if I asked my father or told my father, you know, you, you might have, you know, you, you have some responsibility to bear on this. You, you know, you, you, you kind of fucked us when it came to uh, wanting to, uh, um, wanting to put your, uh, your vision and wanting to put your materialistic mindset ahead of everything else you know and it, it's really uh you know we're paying the price for it and we're gonna pay the price for a long time for it for sure well and if you think in um historically you go back to a time when this country was not the united states when it was part when it, we were 13 colonies uh, part of the the uh, empire upon which the sun never set, the English, the English, Great Britain, right? And uh, at that time, you know, that was a time of the, we were questioning authority at that time, just like you're finding now. And what authority at that time didn't get, which also seems like they're not getting now, is rather than pulling back or trying to um, appease the masses or trying to maybe lessen their stranglehold, they're just pushing down harder. And that's what happened in, um, you know, the, the lead up to the American revolution, which actually, interestingly enough, um, historical fun fact, we're coming up on the day of the first shot at Lexington in Lexington, Massachusetts, which is on April 18th. And that doesn't get, I don't think, enough historical significance. Um, not sure if you, did you know that off the top of your head by any chance? Because I, I didn't earlier. Uh, I wasn't aware of the timing. I, I mean, I know about the first shot, but um, I, I wasn't right. aware that it's uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, we always think July 4th as the day of significance, but actually April 18th was the day that, uh, in fact, the sh I'm pretty sure the first shot is attributed to Believe it or not, a pastor based out of Lexington, Massachusetts. His name was Jonas Clark. It's another weird thing. My mom's maiden name is Clark, and Lexington is the is the uh, area I'm from. Anyway, very weird, kind of interesting parallels. But uh, he or his a member of his congregation 
they are attributed with actually firing the first shot in Lexington, Massachusetts. And another interesting historical fun fact is that I was that I was unaware of is that I, what I would always think is how did they get the message out? Like how did you know we're talking almost three hundred years ago at this point? Um, how did they get the message out to all these people without? the the means of massive communication they didn't have telephone wires uh that you could instantaneously get your voice across the the entire country you know they had to rely on letters word of mouth spreading over days if not weeks and um i always was just like what how in the world were they able to mobilize everybody in the united states to to put their lives on the line for a cause that seems so how do you sell them on like a new country right cuz that's like what we're what we're brought up to believe is they sold them on the idea of a new country and i was always, i just never thought that made too much sense to me cuz i was like how could you I, I just don't see how you can mobilize people just like that like all these rich guys in their mansions with some pamphlets all right fine maybe the maybe they were really good pamphlets but then I'm like, or uh, to, I'm reading some history and I'm like, okay, it actually makes way more sense that these people are going to churches and that's where they're getting their messages from. That's how the word is spreading. These pastors are passing down biblical knowledge and they're saying, hey, these this empire, this English empire, uh, yeah, they're they're like oppressing us and that's something that we need to stand against. And not necessarily in a way where they were like, hey, we need to like go out in the middle of the night and kill them. But these guys are starting to bring their troops into our communities. They're starting to quarter them in our homes. They feel they're entitled to the uh, the fruits of our labor. And what's next? Right? And I think that is the sort of... When people start looking at ancient wisdom and they start looking at ancient knowledge which is in ancient texts you realize that oftentimes people let nonsense go on for way too long and that's what leads to their destruction indulging in nonsense and letting it go on for way too long time and time again leads to the destruction of human civilization and people who understand that that's when they're usually the ones who take a stand a lot of times throughout history anyway like uh, you know, the more like, you know, usually more spiritual leaders, more religious leaders, they're usually the ones who are just like, nope, the buck stops here. We're not going any further. And, uh, you know, I'm just wondering if that is part of the, we always talk about what's deliberate, and what's not deliberate, like what's part of the overarching deliberate plan by the powers that be. And I do think that Part of that is the suppression of a spiritual life, and they do that by undermining the power of the church in any way, shape, or form. And we see that by how the church reacted during COVID. Like, you know, most churches, Protestant, Catholic, I think they were all very, they all went along very um, no problem with mask regulations and, you know, doing masses over Zoom. I mean, oh my, you were telling me you're, now, you had a family member who had a, a tough time with that. Uh, with what exactly? Oh, with, uh, I think, going to church, right? Like, weren't you saying that oh, they were having a... 
Yeah, yeah. She she told you know the church that she she was willing to take the risk, uh, you know, to go to church during COVID, but they weren't having um, it. It's you know it, the very fact that you can't even trust the people that are supposed to be your spiritual leaders is sad. Uh, and the 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 main problem is that obviously like you and I we both went to um, religious education together and. Um, I, I think that the, the the dogmatic way of the religious text is is it can be very abrasive, and um, you know you have a lot of problems with the church, especially you know Catholicism with you know the priests and all this stuff. And um, when you when you have your own type of spirituality and and you know what's organized religion sometimes teaches you is like, you know, it goes against, you know, just just things that you have observed in life. Um, you know, I mean, the Catholic religion is very, uh, you know, oh, you know, you got to obey. If you don't obey, you're going to spend an eternal, uh, a, you know, an eternal life in hell. And I, I you know, I, I don't particularly believe that. Um, yeah, but you yeah, can't. I, but I, you can't. If everybody has their own vision of God, who God is, how can, like, you can't just say I don't believe that because someone else will be like, well, my God doesn't believe that pedophilia is bad, and therefore that's why I'm cool with being a pedophile. So it's like you well, can't I, have I your own vision of God. There has to be an ultimate idea of a. Of a I believe in reincarnation, so um, I, I don't believe the 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 text about heaven and hell. Um, I, I believe that we are reincarnated in multiple times throughout, um, throughout a long, uh, a long expansion over time. You know, obviously, you know, each life of would be a certain amount of time, and you keep going through these lifetimes, building up your karma. But not to get in my own personal beliefs, but uh, there are. I'm not saying. I know what's right, and if people want to use religion as a way to do bad things to others, that's just an excuse. That's that's not godlike. That's not you know one with the with the um, eternal spirit. That is uh, evil, and that person's belief system is definitely tainted because they're just using it as a way to um, manipulate and control others. And that's I, I think that's the problem with organized religion is there's a control mechanism to it. Um, and uh, granted, with with any type of um, uh, with any type of religion or government or whatever it is, that there's always going to be some sort of control mechanism. But uh, I, I think that at the end of the day, churches are just like anywhere else. You know, their business they want money, they want people to come in and give them their dollars and stuff like that. And I mean, I think how much money the Vatican has and all that stuff. I mean, it's like, uh, it's yeah, really... but you can't say it's like anywhere else because I mean, what does it provide? Is it does everywhere that you give money to give you the same thing in return? And I would say, no, you know, that's that's obviously not true. And the other thing is that, you know, what, um, you know, you can't reject all authority because what authority provides is, is discipline. And, you know, discipline is very important because we do live in a structured reality. And to live in accordance with that structured reality, I think, is important because that creates 
the optimal state. Ultimately, that creates the optimal state for us to operate in as individuals, as well as for others around us to operate in. If we reject that, if we push against that and we rebel against what the uh, the, the structure of reality is, then we usually create some sort of dissonance. We create disharmony and we create difficulty oftentimes. So, I mean, my goal is to try to live in accordance with like what the optimal state is. And I do think there's a, there is an under, there's an order being presented to us that we see every day and every moment around us. And that's kind of what I'm trying to strive for. And I do think that there's, there is like certain teachings being passed down through that sort of wisdom and that we see it through how humans have ultimately risen and fought and, and fallen like throughout history. Uh, we see it time and again, like there are times when they live in accordance with the ordered life and there are times when they don't live in accordance with it. And usually when they start, saying that they could create their own idea of God and they reject any sort of ordered idea of God and they get angry at it. That's when they fall due to pride. And it's oftentimes the people who feel they're the most spiritual. Those are the people who tend to be the ones who are, uh, you know, the ones who are like the most at fault there. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I just try to simplify it um, to the way I know how, you know, I'm, I try to be as good as I can to others. Um, you know, I, I, I try to, uh, you know, do my best to, um, uh, communicate with others and be a certain type of person. Um, I, I think that, uh, and I have a strong connection with, you know, the creative force. Um, and I didn't really need a, uh, you know, a superstructured environment tell me that because the superstructure environment is what kind of made me choose my own path but you know i just focus on treating other people the way that i want to be treated being good to others um being good to animals and um doing the right thing putting my morals and, and values um that are attributed to with what i believe is um the, the spirit of the universe or whatever if you want to call god um and I don't. I don't think that people are lost. They don't have a, a, a vision to. Um, um, but when people don't have a, uh, when people don't have a religion, I don't think that it's, it's bad. I just think that um, it can be very abrasive to a lot of people, um, and that's the way it came on to me. And I'm not. I'm not saying that religious texts or BS or whatever it is. I. I, I do. I kind of take bits and pieces from different things, and I think that I don't need to have a, a, a set order in my life where, um, oh well, you know, you don't, you didn't do this, so you need to repent. I mean, the way I repent is uh, if I do, if I do something harmful, uh, harmful to somebody, I apologize and I try to do the right thing to make up for it and try to work out my karma in a way that's beneficial for me and the person involved. Um, I, I don't hold resentment to people, um, you know, and I try to uh, I live my life with a good value system. And I, I like I don't personally believe that. But know, do you, you think that to... like, let me let me just ask you real quick, though. Do you think that like your value system could possibly be 
like the same at the same level as like a higher higher power like the higher power that like can comprehend and create beyond like anything you could possibly comprehend or create you know i mean this is like we're talking like to to put it like in metaphorical terms i mean imagine a dog who tries to like comprehend exactly like what their human owner master whatever is like you know doing in a day-to-day life and they think like you know okay i'm gonna like chew up something oh okay i just chewed this up my my owner's looking at me like exasperated but whatever like i'm a good dog i he doesn't care oh i'm gonna just like i gotta take a shit i'm gonna i'm gonna just poop right here oh but my owner doesn't care like i'm a good dog it's okay oh no i'm being sent to the pound Uh uh-oh like there's some there's something to be like I feel like you could understand that metaphor like in terms of like the well, dog and, doesn't necessarily think it's a bad dog and thinks it's a good dog, you know. And I'm sure she is a good dog, but well, I'm you know, not saying, it's, you there know, was a I, certain understanding uh, misunderstanding of like the expectations from the person who is like keeping shit together, right? I keep cursing. I'm sorry. I should keep cursing like this, but the person who's keeping things together is like, you know, has a different set of understanding and probably like higher stakes involved. So that's all I, my whole point would just be is like, you know, it's, it's a little, it could be convenient to just think that we're always, we always have an understanding of like, a higher power and that like whatever we're doing is like okay with it that's just kind of my well take i mean it's amazing, but i mean like i mean people who have claimed that they're the most religious people could be the, the worst type of people um i i i think that they could claim it but then you gotta check them like where what is the claim you know what i mean they could claim all they want i mean you could claim you could fly go ahead prove it can you do it yeah you know <laughs> Uh, they, uh, I saw a quote today that said um, uh, <clears throat> uh, actions are twice as valuable as good advice. And, um, you know, because you have to you have to be that person. And it doesn't make you a bad person to make mistakes. Um, we all do it and we all fail sometimes. Right. And that's the beauty of life. You know, we... we it, to realize and to humble yourself about those mistakes uh, is what the difference is, I, I think, sometimes. Because we live in a very unapologetic society where, you know, they, they put people put themselves first in every situation. And I, I, I just think that um, we've kind of gone astray in, in that regard. But like, I, I believe that the matter you treat others is how you treat God. So, you know, because we, we all are part of something greater and the way you treat other people is the way that you treat God because we're all God and um, we are all this energy force that you know I can't I don't I can't go into detail because I don't know exactly what it is but uh, I think that human beings know right and wrong and if you know something's wrong you're overlooking it but you're doing it anyway that's completely different than making a mistake you know treating somebody the wrong way and then realizing it and then apologizing the wrong thing there would be you know you know you did something bad but you don't care you just move on and that's kind of like repenting to me is when you know you you, you realize that you did something terrible because nobody who could really 
you know, like, who could really do something terrible to somebody and think it's okay? You know, like, who could, um, you know, who could just go up to and shoot somebody and think it's okay? That, I don't know. I mean, there's just our people out there. But obviously, um, you know, we know as human beings what's right and wrong, I, I would assume. I mean, I'm, I can only speak for myself. I know what's right and wrong in my heart. And I try to be the best type of person when it comes to those things. Um, and do I fail consistently? Of course. And I, I just think that the difference is when, you know, you learn from your, your mistakes and you try to, um, you know, correct them in a way that you can grow. Because that's what life is about. It's about growing. And I am, you know, I, I'm all for going to church and finding some sort of spiritual force. Um, I'm all for... Uh, you know, religion and all that stuff. But I, I just think that um, sometimes that it, it ends up pushing people away because um, of the nature of, like I said, it being very dogmatic and, you know, them using as a fear, fear as a tool to get people to abide. Um, and fear is, you know, you, you can't really get away from that. Because it's just fear in every single aspect of our society. And, um, you know, I don't, I, I, and the one thing is that they try to make you fear death. And death and life are one, you know, they're, they're just, they're, it's like the yin and yang, you know, it's ever encompassing. And one thing is that they, they do try to make you fear it. And, well, I don't uh, know what church you go to where they make you fear death. I feel like they try to make you have a healthy relationship with death. Whereas yeah, I feel like most was, of the no, what, 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 material like, culture know, makes you like, you know, what what is the culture that tells you to inject botulism in your face to supposedly look young forever? You know, I mean, that's like the culture we're living in, right? Like the, you know, the Madonna, Real Housewives in New Jersey, Jersey Shore type thing. So, you know, just uh, I guess my, my final real point is because I think we'll we'll probably end this one pretty soon, but um, this, this has been a great conversation by the way, but I'm just thinking, um, you know, in terms of, I, I think it's great that you're always, you, you look at other people and how you treat them. And that, that is a, to you, the marker of what defines you as a good person. But, you know, you say like, if I treat people well, then that, that means how I treat, I treat God well, because we're all God through God. But if you look at it, like, that, that's kind of bringing God down almost to a human level, saying like we're all like in this big cosmic soup together. If you start looking at it like this creative force is at a higher level and I'm in this space because, you know, we didn't create it. We don't we have no comprehension of the how we really like came to be or how this came to be or really how it's kept together. So if we're looking at it like, man, what is this? this like cosmic power, whatever this power is that is like keeping it all together. And why, like, why is it so good to do that? Like, what is, how is it allowing me and us to exist in this like now and like to know, like to go through stuff. So that's like, cause there's something that is, it seems is aware. It has to be aware. Like, I mean, cause to, the second law of thermodynamics is that everything is falling into chaos, right? I mean, if that's what we're going to go off of in terms of science, if we're if we're saying that that's like so important to science that it's a law, then we're we're implying like one of the fundamental truths of our of our understanding of reality in the modern age is that things are moving towards chaos. So 
seems like there has to be then some force that's keeping things together or else why doesn't everything just fly apart? So anyway, that's kind of just my uh, takeaway. Cause I, then I'm like thinking like, dude, if you start looking at that force and you understand, and you're just like, Oh my, it's just like so incredible that like that actually is that power is like allowing me to experience life. Then I want to be good to that. And then when you, when you're, when you're like, living in servitude to that force it all flows in order from there you know when you're trying to like live because that's almost like the living like the uh living for the for the state because the state is run by people that's why it's so flawed and that's why we constantly see the issues that we're we're seeing is because people are fickle people are corrupt they're constantly lying and and moving things moving the goalposts around that's the same thing you do when you're trying to like just do good by people because some people don't have the same set of standards. Most people have a floating morality. And when you when you set your morality on like that higher car, that higher power, and you're just like, where, how high can I get it? Like where, where, how high, how close can I get it to there? Because then you can just live in your, uh, your optimal state really, you know? Probably said like optimal state about 50 times this podcast. I'll n- never say it again. <laughs> Changing the name after this. Well, yeah. And um, you know, real quick, I just want to say that, you know, what always works for me is just simplifying everything, you know, because truth is simple. And uh, prayer and meditation is simple because we can all do it. And, um, you know, I'll bring up Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey said that meditation is listening to God and prayer speaking to God. And that's the way I look at it, you know, and because uh, a lot of people don't take the time to actually listen. And listening is way more important than speaking. Um, because a good listener is uh, a type of person that has an understanding and knows when to speak. And uh, I think everybody want, wants to make their voice heard nowadays. But nobody wants to really want to sit down and listen. And I think that if we kind of just took a step back, as, you know, even as individuals, we take a step back and we just listen more. Uh, I think that we would be a lot happier with our relationships with one another. Amen to that, you dude. Know, like, God. There <laughs> you go. Amen to that. Yeah. And thank you to our listeners for listening. You guys have been awesome. If you stuck with us to now, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Dude, Adam, I had a really good time talking with you, man. It's been a uh, fun, I guess, kind of a little floated into a little debate, debatey, dialectical territory there. That was cool. Uh, we should do that more often. I want to get yeah, more people like on. That's, uh, that's the whole thing about like religion, you know? I mean, everybody has uh, a different kind of way of looking at it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you're like, that's where is what about. is the truth, though, right? Because like, you know, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a truth to be found. And, uh, you know, would you, would you kind of be of that opinion or do you think that everybody could kind of have their own truth in this regard? No, I, I believe that there's one truth. It can't be like, it can't be multiple truths because that wouldn't even really make sense to me. I, I think that there's, um, one like higher vibration that we all need to try to attribute ourselves to and try to get to that that state of mind where you know uh, it's like a consciousness and uh so hopefully you know we can uh keep growing and uh to and 
to that state of consciousness. That's it, man. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode of the Optimal State Podcast. See you guys. Yeah